Well, welcome everyone. Uh, you are here at Real Moms. I'm Solyndra Buller, the host. Uh, and today we have Paulette. Paulette is an accomplished ch children's author, a mother, a mentor, a speaker, and a registered nurse who is a psychotherapist. And boy, are we going to have some incredible, incredible information to share with anyone out there who wants to go into uh, children's uh, book writing and also just to take some some pointers from Paulette. She's well-lived, well-traveled, and welcome, Paulette. How are you? Oh, hi, Solyndra. I am really well today. I, I just, it's a very happy, I woke up, actually, I woke up this morning, and I was laughing. Oh, so it was a good well, day. Well, this is, this is a good thing. Any day that you're awake and you're laughing, that is, you couldn't ask for more. That means things are going right. Yes. So, Paulette, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, take us on a bit of a journey. Um, who was Paulette growing up? How was childhood? And what made you become the author that you are today? Oh, it's very interesting. Well, I grew up um, in a very tiny little town in rural Saskatchewan, Rokeby, Saskatchewan. No one's ever heard of it. Mm. And, um, and so it was, it was a tiny little village, and I loved being outside. There was a little pond what, that was just about half a block from my home. And it's funny to say blocks because, you know, the, the village was so small that it basically, the street was just like a rectangle. My mm. dad owned the general store. He was the postmaster. So I always would say that I was, you know, everybody laughed and called him the mayor of Rokeby. And I always laughed and people would ask me where I, who I was. And I would say, I'm the crown princess of Rokeby, Saskatchewan. Wow. So I, I used to love going out and, um, and sitting on this little pond. There was a, a and, and talking to the pollywogs and, and just spending my time in nature and, and also then in the wintertime, I love being under the stars. Mm. I just love being up on the snowbanks and under the stars. I always knew that there was something very magical and very powerful that was around us. I just knew that from a child. Wow. And were you the only child or did you have siblings no. as well? Paula? I had a sister. My, I had an older sister. And, um, but she was, my sister was very intelligent. She was brilliant. And so she, we never really went to school together, even though we were just a couple of years apart mm -hmm. because she accelerated so fast. And so I think I only spent, I, I went to school in a one room country school. They don't have them anymore. Um, and so I think I only spent a couple of years with her, and then she was off to high school. Wow. She went to university when she was, what, 15, I think. She's Unheard brilliant. of. Unheard yeah. of. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, now, I think she was 16. No, she was 16 when she went to university. So was, what was the big contributing factor to your sister's success and to your success, you know, um, becoming an author? Um. I think actually it was my father. Your father. My, my father um, 
an interesting man, a challenging man. Mm. Uh, he spoke five languages. He could sign. He, he used to say he could sign. Sign language, yeah. Yeah. So, and it was just known that we had to go to, we had to go to university. Um, I don't think we ever, it was never stated to us that we had to go, but we just knew that we had to go and we had to further our education. And, and, and was that because he was an accomplished man himself that you felt like that was going to be your path no matter what? No, I, I don't know because he wasn't. I mean, he was, he ran the general store and the post office. So it wasn't like he was an intellectual, mm. but he, he was brilliant. Like he would help my sister with her university math. And my dad only went to grade seven, I think, in school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He, he was brilliant in that way. So, but it was just a given. That did, we, did had he, to, we had to go. Well, was, uh, you know, do you felt, did you feel that there was a value that he was instilling without you knowing? Like, was it? Probably. Hmm. Probably. It was that it, uh, education was really, I think because both my mother and my father had to quit school when they were, uh, before they got to grade 12, they had to because they had to go to work. Mm -hmm. And I think, and my grandfather was a school teacher, my uh, mother's father. And mm -hmm. so education was just really important. Mm. I think because they, they, they wanted to make sure that their children got the education that they didn't get. Right, right. Now you yourself are a mother. I am. Um, speak, to, speak to us about that. Oh, mothering, what a wonderful, wonderful um, experience to be a mom. I remember when, uh, when my, I found out I was pregnant, I remember waking up one morning and, and just saying, my very best friend in the universe has come to visit me and be with me. And Isn't that beautiful? It was, it was just beautiful. And I know when she was born, she was just, um, I remember my, my husband's friends used to say to him, you know, you better keep that girl pregnant. She's glowing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I loved, I loved being pregnant. And, um, and I loved being, I loved being a mother. It's not mm. that I loved because I'm still a mom. And even though my daughter is, is well, you know, off on her own and married and, and living in Europe. Um, I, I love being a mother. I love the connection. I love um, uh, the experience of these little, of having this little being that you're in charge of and, and, you know, protecting and, and helping them through life. I remember my daughter, I'm, I wasn't a milk and cookies mom. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't the mom that was at home making all the cookies and cooking meals and doing all that. Um, I had a little bit of that in me, but not much. Mm -hmm. so, and she wanted one. And I said to her, you know, I'm so sorry, honey. You know, I'm not a milk and cookies mom. I'll take you to McDonald's for lunch and but we'll talk about 
what's in your heart because you must follow your heart. So I was more one of those bums that, you know, you must, you have to know what's in your heart and you have to follow your heart no matter what. And she has. Isn't that wonderful? And, you know, there's so many moms out there. They, they, they are so overwhelmed. They feel like that it is the biggest job and it is the most difficult job that there is out there. Mm-hmm. What, what do you feel? Is that different than when you were a mom? Is that, has oh. that changed, do you think, over time? Yes. Or is that just mentality? I think, no, I think that things have changed because when I was a mom, well, my husband died when my daughter was 13 months old. So I was a single mom before it was in vogue to be single moms, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to go to work. And um, I remember I bought a house in Calgary when Kim was two and I moved to Calgary. And... Um, I was the I was the young widow on the street, and all the stay-at-home moms were there with mm-hmm. their kids, mm-hmm. and I had to go to work, and um, and it was very different because uh, it was hard. It was hard mm-hmm. because I was I was trying to be both, and I was trying to be three things. I was trying to be mom and dad, and and uh, that was really difficult. But I think, so when I was, when I was a young mom, it, most moms weren't working. And what were you doing at that time as, was, as mom? As mom, I was nursing. I was you at, were a nurse. I was, yeah, I was at Foothills Hospital. I was the, um, the clinical uh, nurse specialist on psychiatry at that time and the staff development nurse. And Mm. so at first I was working shifts and oh, night shift was hard. And she would come, she would come to the bed and wake me during the day. Her babysitter wouldn't have been looking after her well. And she would come, she would say, "Uh, wake up mommy. And I'd say, honey, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. And she'd say, no, wake up on the floor, mommy, wake up on the floor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was hard for her. But I think moms today, because the it's so socially, uh, it's not, it's socially accepted, but also socially imposed that women should be working as well as raising their children. And so I, I really feel sorry for young moms because they've got so much they have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to... They have to fulfill their role as a woman and work and their career, et cetera, and fulfill their role as a woman, as a mom, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I just think they're run off their feet. And yeah. they have to be a wife at the same time, most of them. And that's right. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, at, at least you understand, right? At least you absolutely. understand. I think so, it's really hard for them. So let's uh, let's jump into this lovely uh, wow. book. Uh, yes, just a incredible, incredible piece of writing. Um, tell us a little bit about this and how how we how came, it came about. Yeah, how it came about because there's always a story. There's always a story. 
Um, as a therapist, as a, you know, psychotherapist, I had a um, private practice and I was, and, you know, because I came from Saskatchewan and being up on this, uh, the snowbanks and the stars, when I would try and, and, and see about introducing people to um, the whole concept of the universe, you know, because in the 12-step programs, they talk about, you know, the higher power, and then there's, in Chinese medicine, there's qi, and there's all this, trying to explain it. And so I would do it simply. <laughs> I would just say, because of my experience with the sky, you know, where does the sky begin? And I would, I would ask them those questions, and then we'd get it so that the sky was actually here in the office with you and I. And and then they would finally start to see something other than themselves, <laughs> that there was more, more around them, the energy around them. And then for those that were in recovery, they could then feel the presence of the, their higher power, et cetera. So I'd been doing that for years with my clients. And then I... I was doing meditation one day. It was in, I was recovering from um, uh, treatment for breast cancer. And so my treatment was all over. I was cleared and I was sitting meditating. And um, I had just been introduced to Joe Dispenza and his meditations. And so I was sitting out doing this wonderful, wonderful meditation one day. And it was so beautiful. And I walked uh, back into the house because I was doing it out on the deck, walked back into the house and I sat down at the dining room table. And all of a sudden I grabbed these, there were scraps of paper around and I grabbed a pen and I started to write. And it just, it wasn't something I thought, oh, I'm going to write a children's book. It was just, and 20 minutes, the story was written. Wow. Wow. Now you touched upon uh, some key elements here. So you, uh, you were challenged with breast cancer. Yes. And how was that experience for you? It was, um, at first it was very scary. Mm -hmm. I remember being in shock because I, I always trusted my body and my body always communicated with me very well. And uh, I felt betrayed by my body. I thought this, this couldn't happen. Like my body wouldn't do this to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I, I, um, I had an appointment with a, a, a physician who was from German New Medicine. And, and we went through and the way German New Medicine feels about it. And it made, all of a sudden it made sense to me and I reconnected with my body and I knew that my body was gonna heal. I just knew. And so I went through all of the um, treatment that they had for me. And, and was that I, chemo and radiation? I had surgery, chemo and, and radiation. And they had to stop the chemo because I was, my body was dying. And mm. I remember they apologized because I didn't finish the last two treatments. And I just cried and hugged them and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't think I could get through it. Yes. But it was a challenge. But the thing that happened for me was it, 
it really, uh, I grew up spiritually. So there was always, yes, when you go through a challenge, and I know you've said this a number of times to me, when you go through a challenge, there's an opportunity for growth. So take take our audience there. Take us us there with you. It was just beautiful because I had always, I had always, um, you know, I was a very spiritual person. I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And in the mornings, I would get down on my, I'd get out of bed. And the first thing I did was get down on my knees and I would thank God and uh, for another day and um, ask him for something, you know, what, please add this. And, and, um, and it was so interesting because when I, when I, I got cancer, I, I sat up in bed <laughs> and I said to him, listen, I don't have time to go talking to you all the time and getting down on my knees. You do your part and I'm going to focus on this doing mine. I can't do both right now. So you have to be there. And, you know, I've never gotten down on my knees since. It's just like I talk to my higher power and I talk to the universe and, but it's like, I'm no longer a child. I was always kind of a child in that, you know, and now I'm not, I'm a partner. Mm. And it just, it's so different. It's so different now. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that's like when you and I have had numerous conversations and you say we're co-creating, Sal, we're co-creating. That is, that is, that is, that is the journey right there. So, so you, you went through chemo and radiation and the whole nine yards and you co-created and then you came up with this. After I wrote the story, you know, it was all, because I've, I've written before, I've written, I know, and I'd published a book earlier, a few years earlier on sexuality and, um, but I'd done a lot of writing and I have, you know, several books that I haven't published, but um, this one, I just thought this one has to go out. I have to do this. And yes. so I did. I, I uh, got in touch with a publisher and to self-publish. And I just thought this I have to do. And so I, I did. And I was talking to um, uh, one of the women that, is a um, one of the team leaders for the Joe Dispenza uh, things, and um, and I gave her one, and she um, she loves the book, and she took it to her little boy, and her little boy loved it, and they took it to school and read it at school, and she says it's the best thing that she's ever found to introduce space to children, the concept of space to children. And for you, that was so familiar because that was almost like your childhood and the stars in the sky. That's right. So I say it's a, it's an almost, it's almost a biography, but (laughs) there was no whirlwind for me. (laughs) Do do you feel now where you are today? Are you living a purposeful life? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, My life is, is, um, as you know, Joseph says, um, 
are you happy? Are you, uh, what is it? Happy and fulfilled, happy and joyful and fulfilled. And I do feel that I do. Wow. Isn't that and great? Isn't I, that great? You know, I, I really know the, the joy and happy. And I, I talk about with my clients that there used to be this old thing called primal scream therapy, you know, and everybody had to go through a primal scream. And I always found that it, it's a, for me, it's a primal chuckle. When we really get in touch with what's deep inside of us, mm. it's just joy. Isn't that great? And all the other stuff is just what covers it up. And mm -hmm. when we get rid of all that, I mean, you, what are you? You're, you're joyful. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, um, as much as the times have changed, you know, what's the one thing that should be taught in school that you, you, you figure that should be taught in school but isn't? Well, when I think about what I think meditation should be taught in school, um, but there's, there's things that I think children require. And if children have this, I believe that they will come out, they'll be able to handle anything in the world. Mm. I think children require structure. Mm -hmm. They need to have structure. Uh, you know, get up at a certain time, go to bed at a certain time. They need structure. They need affirmation. They need to be affirmed. Yes. They need validation. Yes. They need to be, have their experience validated. And they need consequences, not punishment. They need yes. consequences. And they need both positive and negative consequences. And a lot yes. of times they get, you know, they get the negative consequences, but they also need the positive. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. You know, and they need to be treated with kindness. And if children have all of those five things. So but to, to recap, to recap yes. for our audience, once again, the five things that Paulette yes. feels are so necessary. A structure. Structure. Affirmation. Affirmation. Validation. Validation. Consequences. Mm -hmm. And kindness. And kindness. Now you're going to have to come up with your own uh, acronym for that and write a book. <laughs> I think so. I think yes. so. Well, yes. and I tell, I tell my clients, you know, if you give that to your children, yes. they will be able to handle the world. Like when you tell your children you love them, tell them what it is that you love about them. That mm -hmm. affirms them. Right. I love how you do this. I just love the way you do this. Right. You know, that's the way you're going to, that's the way they know. Because you say love, when we say love, yes. what do we mean by it? That's right. And so define love for us. Define that. Well, I think everybody has their own definition of the warm feeling we have, the open heart we have, the, the, the kind regard we have towards someone. But I think for all of us, there are specifics about love. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. children need to know that. It's like, I love this about you. I love that about you. And then it has some meaning. So it's more so like an action word, so a verb, right? Yes. Yes. Rather, than, rather than having it 
defined any other way. Love yeah. is a verb, right? Yeah. So, you know, and so I guess the next question would be, what's your definition of success? My definition of success, oh God, I remember doing a program years ago, Solyndron. I, <laughs> it was called A Pursuit of Excellence, I think. And yes. we had to write out our definition of success. And I just about started, you know, our definition of success is where I live my life, da, da, da. Um, I think success for me is... Um, being spiritual, being spiritually connected, uh, having wonderful, having a wonderful relationship with my daughter, uh, having a wonderful relationship with my friends, and doing things that fulfill me. So that when I and I love to write, you know, I have a newsletter and I send it out with my new things every month. And I love doing that. Mm. So success is, is being able to do the things that fill my soul, that nurture me. That are so, meaningful beyond you. Yes. Yeah. And, wow. and working with my clients, I love my clients. They're just, you know, they come in and they're, they're so full of anxiety and things. And they, you know... And their lives change. Their mm -hmm. lives absolutely change. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what are you working towards now in your free time? In my free time, I'm writing more. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm a seeker and a constant learner. So I'm always doing, I'm always learning new things. And my daughter, I laughed, I, I, spent Christmas and New Year's with her over in the Netherlands mm. and I sat down with her and yeah. I uh, when I got there and I said oh Kim you'll never guess this oh there's this wonderful thing and she said I wondered how long it would take before you said Kim I've learned this new thing <laughs> <laughs> she knows what mom is about she that's knows right what mom's about you know yeah. like there's always something new and have you you know i just learned this and so much and it's so exciting and i think it's always been about knowing that there was something a bigger than me that the the you know there was i was i was not the biggest thing in the universe mm -hmm. and that there was so much to learn so much to learn and so much to do to help people see i kept wondering why why can't other people see this yes yes you know? yeah and it's a beautiful thing so after writing this beautiful walk in the sky do we have yes. a follow-up coming hopefully soon yes. Yes, it's a first in the series, and I have, I just have to earn enough money to get the illustrations and everything done, but I've written the second story, and I'm well into the third story. Good for so you. So it's her, you know, Polly's Adventures. I love it. Now, Polly, I hope that Polly is Paulette. 
Yes. 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 Of course. Yes. No. I definitely, definitely uh, will be reading this uh, to my grandkids, and oh, I look yes. forward to all the other ones that you'll be uh, bringing forward. Now, if uh, any one of our audience members wants to get a hold of you, uh, how would one go about that, Paulette? Uh, if they go to my website, paulettethomason.com. Can you repeat that, please? paulettethomason.com. Okay. Thomason and does not have an H. <laughs> Most people put an H in Thomason. So it's Paula, P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E-T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N.com. Wonderful. And they can find me that way and email me. They can sign up for my newsletter if they'd like. And, um, and they also then can click onto the book and they can purchase it. The, the book is on, that book is on Amazon. So they can get it through Amazon. Perfect. Definitely a great, uh, well, uh, Christmas is gone, but hey, yes. it's never too late to put no. something like this aside. And uh, well, you know, Paulette, it's been, it's been a pleasure as always. And I so look forward to the next book and our next conversation. <laughs> And so thank you so much on behalf of uh, Real Moms and, of course, our audience. I'm Celindra Miller, and good night. Thank you, Sal.